0: You're listening to Comedy Central. Are you ready for an all new season of Survivor? You better be, because Survivor 46 is here and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast.
1: Even after 26 days out there, there is still
2: a lot for me to uncover.
0: Bring it D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Ambassador Rice, welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. It's great to be with you, Trevor. Thanks. It's a very different way to be with one another and... Um, during this time, I've, I've realized it's also a very different way for us to mourn the passing of people that we admired or cared about. Um, most recently, John Lewis. When you look at his legacy and his life and, and what we need to continue doing today, how far do you think we are on continuing that journey and, that, and creating that good trouble, as he called it?
1: Well, I hope that John Lewis's legacy will be to give us all a kick in the pants and remind us that we can be much better than we are, especially than we are today. You know, he had such warmth and such humanity uh, and such courage and he never, never quit fighting. And he knew that he was leaving us at a moment when we were being sorely tested, when there's the possibility of us finally reckoning as he tried all his life with our historic racial injustices and our deep-seated inequalities uh, that are not only racial but socioeconomic, um, but it's also a moment where we're struggling with a pandemic that is disproportionately affecting uh, low-income people and people of color, immigrants, and uh, and we have leadership that literally could care less.
2: You were the National Security Advisor to President Obama. You were part of the pandemic response team. You were part of the people who were tasked with protecting America from a situation just like this. What plans did you have in place that the Trump administration did or didn't use or what should have been done as somebody who was on a task force designed just to do this?
1: We understood, as did frankly prior administrations, that pandemics are inevitable that they, it's hard to predict exactly when they'll come, but we know they will come and they've come repeatedly since 1918. In fact, we had under the Obama administration in 2009, what was known as the swine flu pandemic, which was quite consequential. So we understood this could happen. So we were prepared. We left the uh, incoming Trump administration with briefing papers and a, a 69 page playbook which I like to call pandemics for dummies. It was, here are all the questions and considerations you should run through if and when you face this kind of crisis. We had a a tabletop exercise with the entire uh, incoming Trump cabinet and the outgoing Obama cabinet. And we sat down and one of the scenarios we ran for them turned out to be prescient. It was of such a novel SARS-like virus emerging from China. And, you know, all of that seemed to be for naught because a couple of years into office, President Trump uh, dismantled the office that I set up on global health security. They trashed that playbook or stuck it in some drawer in some shelf and never pulled it out. For two months, January, February and part of March, he really denied the reality of this virus. It, you know, equated it to the seasonal flu, said it would go away, it was no big deal. And then by that time, you know, it was already well embedded in our country. And closing down flights from China or flights from Europe were too little, too late. Uh, And he says that saved, you know, hundreds of millions of lives. Well, it's cost. His mishandling of this has already cost 140,000 lives, and it's going to tragically be many more.
2: It seems like America is one of the few countries where the country doesn't have a rule about wearing masks. Whereas overseas, you get like the UK, you get South Africa, you get so many countries where they've gone, hey, we don't care about your personal opinions on this. Just like wearing clothes, you have to wear a mask for now and it's as simple as that. Do you think the federal government should have more of of a global message in and around masks?
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's ridiculous that we've allowed small pieces of cotton to be, you know, this incredibly divisive thing. We don't mind wearing shirts and pants in public. Why do we have to mind wearing masks in public? uh, If it's going to protect ourselves and our loved ones and those in our community. If Donald Trump had from early on said, look, you know, I recognize that, you know, it may be a little bit uh, uncomfortable or inconvenient, but when you're out in public, Do as I do. Wear a mask. Keep your loved ones and yourself safe. Keep your city safe. It'll make a huge difference. It'll enable us to bend this curve, keep it down and get our businesses back up and running, people back to their jobs, kids back to their schools. I don't think we would have had this political reaction to the extent that we have today.
2: How do you view the situation in Portland right now? Because that that has thrown many Americans off kilter, you know? Federal officers coming in in unmarked cars, in unmarked uniforms, grabbing people off the streets, throwing them into vans, apprehending them. People feeling like it feels less like a a free country and, and more like an authoritarian regime, you know, for some of the people who are on the ground there. When you look at what's happening, I mean, there's always a balance between federal response and and letting the states handle it or the cities themselves. But how do you view what's happening in Portland right now? Do you think that it's a a required use of force or, or federal assistance, or do you think that something has gone off the rails?
1: No, it's an abuse of power by President Trump, and it's a purely politically motivated abuse of power. He's sagging in the polls. He thinks the only way to rally his base is through racism and, you know, touting law and order. He is sending federal forces out on the streets without markings, without insignia, uh, probably in, without legal authority to do so. And he's rounding up people as if we were, you know, in Belarus or something. It's ridiculous. And, you know, it, it has nothing to do with their stated mandate of protecting federal buildings and installations they're now out literally beating the crap out of peaceful protesters uh and trying to incite more violence so that they have a an excuse to use more force but here he's now pushing the envelope in portland and threatening to do it elsewhere and i think americans need to be on high alert this is an abuse of power it's corruption it's autocracy on our own shores
2: There's no denying that your name has come up repeatedly in and around the conversation of vice president. Would you want to serve in the Biden administration? Would you want to serve as a VP?
1: Well, Trevor, what I want is for Joe Biden to be elected the next president of the United States. I want us to win the Senate and keep the House so that we have the opportunity to put our country back on course and to unite the country uh, and to deal with the damage that's been done, but also to take this opportunity and move forward, ha- improve healthcare, improve education, deal with our underlying uh, disparities, and if I can help in any way, uh, you know, whether it's at the highest levels or some other way, to be part of helping him get elected and to govern if and when he does, then that's what I want to do. And if you know, if that's not what he chooses for me, that's fine as well. I will do everything I can regardless, because of all that we've just talked about, so much is at stake. We have got to move this country in a different and better direction. Um, and so I'll do anything I can, uh, whether it's the modern-day equivalent of licking envelopes or it's you know standing <laughs> by his side.
2: Well, um, as you say, I hope America gets back on track. I hope um, people find a way to depoliticize those little pieces of cotton and Hopefully your words will become prescient when we chat again in a few months. Ambassador Rice, thank you so much for joining us on The Daily Social Distancing Show.
1: Thanks, Trevor. Great to be with you.
2: The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do.